Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome once again to Dirt Radio. John with you and uh, hope you're well keeping warm this morning. Boy, it was freezing. I tell you, what uh, what's going on? Oh, it can't be a global warming. We're, we're, things are just so cold. Anyway, we are Dirt Radio, of course, and uh, thanks to Yarra Bug once again. Did you know that over 60% of Victoria's landmass is used for agricultural activity? Well, I didn't. Gippsland, for example, is a region that produces 23% of Australia's milk and some of its best beef. The region is also overlaid by a multitude of onshore gas mining licenses. In fact, a massive 1.5 million hectares of Victorian land has been signed off in licenses for new onshore gas mining projects. Lots of times we hear the term fracking used to describe these projects. Due to community pressure, at the moment there's a moratorium on all approvals of onshore gas drilling. But this moratorium is going to be running out very soon. And there's an inquiry on right now to investigate what should happen next. The inquiry's been around to several regional centres already, and its next sitting is here in Melbourne on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Ursula Alakire is a community organiser with Friends of the Earth. Over the past two years, she's been working incredibly hard with communities all through Gippsland and the Gippsland region in order, in order to stop the fracking juggernaut before it begins. Good morning, Ursula. Good morning, John. How are you? Uh, pretty cold here in Gippsland. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine... Uh, look, I wanted to just start by asking you, what is this inquiry about and why is it taking place? Well, part of the reason the inquiry is even happening is because communities have been demanding a parliamentary inquiry into unconventional gas for the last three and a half years. Uh, the coalition government wouldn't do it. And uh, as one of Labor's election promises, they said that they would uh, put forward an inquiry and during that period extend the moratorium. So uh, no new licences can be approved and no exploration work can be carried on whilst the moratorium is in place. And we expect the final report to come out from the inquiry committee on the 1st of December and we suspect a decision will be made in February when Parliament resits and then, uh, well, we could be looking at a whole array of, 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 of um, different decisions. But what we are pushing for, of course, is a total ban on all unconventional gas in Victoria. And you've been involved in community organising all across Gippsland, getting communities to declare themselves gas field free. What does it mean when a community makes this kind of declaration? And how many have there been so far? Uh, yes, well, we actually had our 62nd community in Victoria 
be declared uh, coal and gas field free just yesterday in Gormandale, which is a very small agricultural community in the Latrobe Valley. A beautiful place, absolutely gorgeous spot. And um, so that that's 62 communities across Western Victoria and Gippsland. And the way the communities do this is they, that they conduct a door-to-door survey of their community asking one question and it's usually along the lines of do you want to declare your community uh, gas-filled free? Some ask coal and gas-filled free depending on the licence overlaying that area and the option is yes, no or unsure. And in Gormandale, over 94% said, yes, we want to declare this region coal and gas-filled free. And so although it has no legal bearing, that community is essentially removing the social licence for the industry to operate there. And it's a very powerful statement. And uh, as I said, we've got 62 that have done it already. Um, We have many more that are still surveying. uh, And I I suspect we'll have another 20 to 30 communities declare uh, by the end of this year. So it's always growing. And it's just a way for communities to feel empowered and to make a decision about what they want the future to be in their area, but also the whole region. What, Gormandale, just give us a, a little idea. I, I don't, I'm not sure where it is myself. Is it is it in farmland? <laughs> yes, it is. It's very much. Um, there's a small milk bar, a football club, mm. uh, and a town hall in Gormandale. It, it's um, a very... Uh, uh, there's many of these little uh, mm. picturesque towns in Gippsland. Uh, there are um, farmers there. There are organic and biodynamic farmers in the area. And um, it's just a beautiful place in the world that produces uh, very safe, clean food for our consumption. Mm. And they're actually covered by a coal allocation overlay. And they are uh, bordered by a tight gap gas license on one side and a coal seam gas license on the other. So it's a really good example of the sort of threat that a community like that is under. Mm. Um, It's really the triple whammy and um, it it would just be, well, they would cease to exist how they are. Farmers could not continue farming if if those mining licences were able to go ahead. And uh, what you're alluding to, I think, and uh, something that we're all concerned about us in the city as well as questions about food security and um, my understanding of the way these um, unconventional gas drilling sites and and operations work is that that is a serious issue. Yes, food security, water and food security is a very serious issue for all of us. Uh, We have a clean, green Food producing image in Victoria, and the reason we have that is um, because we have an ex- we have an extraordinary international reputation. Um, farming is a highly regulated industry. People think that organic farming is highly regulated, which is true, but even conventional farming is highly regulated, and that is to make sure that the food that ends up on our plates is safe for us to eat. And it will become increasingly difficult for farmers to produce mm. uh, safe food if they're dealing with an unconventional gas industry and we know that the two cannot coexist and it's a question we have to ask ourselves 
do we want to support an industry that will be here for potentially 20 to 30 years at the most, or are we going to protect our food and water security that has supported us for over 100 years and will do so for, for many more years to come? And there is um, a massive growth in agriculture in Gippsland and Western Victoria. Uh, so it, it has massive potential and we really have to stand with these communities to protect that because without the food bowl bowls of Victoria mm-hmm. um, being protected, we are all in a lot of trouble. Look, that, that is actually leads directly to my next question very nicely, in fact. As I understand it, your campaign at the moment is to try and build an awareness of the impacts of onshore gas mining in Melbourne, in Melbourne's communities, Mm -hmm. Uh, in a sense, bringing the city and the regions together. And the way you're talking about this seems to me to be uh, a a really good way of leveraging that that connection between the city and the the country. Absolutely. We are all connected in this. we, when you start to look at it that way, uh, where does the food come from in Melbourne? It, it doesn't just pop up at the local farmers markets or in the supermarket. It comes from somewhere, and a lot of it comes from Gippsland, and a lot of it comes from Western Victoria. And we do take it for granted that we have such a wonderful choice of, of incredible mm. fresh, uh, clean produce. But the other part of the equation that we need to consider is the tourism industry. Um, a lot of uh, Melburnians, I used to live in Melbourne myself, we um, go to these beautiful parts in Victoria to, to get away, to have a break. And uh, tourism will be very, very heavily hit if we're talking about gas fields. No one wants to holiday in a gas field. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's not just agriculture that will take a massive hit. It's, it's also tourism. And is that the way you're uh, – you're, are you, in fact, uh, trying to connect with the city in those, in those sorts of terms? Uh, yes, we are, because we, we believe that we need everybody on board to win this one. We can't do it on our own. And it isn't a not-in-my-backyard campaign. It never has been. It it might start that way for some people, but very quickly, uh, everyone who's involved here uh, really takes on the idea that we don't want this anywhere in our state. And we've got farmers in Gippsland who would happily travel over to Western Victoria if a drill rig rocked up to help those farmers Mm. in Western Victoria blockade because it is not about our particular area. It is about our entire state, and that includes Melbourne. Mm. And so we absolutely need the support of Melburnians. Um, We are absolutely in this together. We will all be impacted uh, eventually if this is to go ahead. So, uh, yes, farmers are calling on uh, support and help, um, and there's a lot that can be done in Melbourne as well that, that doesn't have to happen in the regions just to raise awareness, um, asking those questions, talking to your family and friends, mm. organising a meeting, and uh, that's really important because it really gives us a lot of hope here that we can hold this industry at bay. And uh, I, the uh, inquiries on Wednesday, uh, people listening, are is there things that they can do on the Wednesday? Would you like them to come along to the inquiry? Can you do that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we've already had one inquiry hearing in Gippsland in sale, and the next one, as you mentioned, starts at 10 o'clock um, at Parliament House in Melbourne on Wednesday and it's open to the public so anybody can come along and we would very much encourage people to come along it's an interesting process Mm. there will be speakers there that are um, for gas and against gas 
Um, I think the Minerals Council and APIA are both presenting on Wednesday. So, um, yes, we definitely would love people to come along. And submissions have closed for an inquiry, but there will be other opportunities to get involved. And the other um, date that I'll just plug a little bit is sure. that we are organising a big rally in Melbourne on Sunday the 20th of September, and that's Farmers and Friends Against Fracking, and we would love to have thousands of people on the street uh, really sending a strong message to our government that unconventional gas mining will absolutely never be welcome in Victoria. Uh, Ursula, I, I thanks, thank you very much for being on Dirt Radio. And look, I wish you all the best. I know you've been working incredibly hard and uh, very consistently on this campaign. And uh, I, I maybe I might even <clears> – <throat> I'm planning to go to the um, – inquire on Wednesday. If you're there, I'll say hi to you. Yes, I'll be there. We can catch up. <laughs> okay, great. All right, all the best and uh, well, let's be in touch. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, John. And I've been talking there with Ursula Alakier and uh, she's the community organizer with Friends of the Earth and she's been involved in organizing communities all across Gippsland to try and stop the incursion of onshore gas mining and we heard why. The inquiry is on Wednesday, and uh, it's an open gallery, and anyone can get along. Even for an hour is is okay. Come along and see how it works, because um, this is part of the democratic process, apparently, and we should be involved in it. You're with Dirt Radio, and we'll be back after this. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 855 AM, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do and everything can change. Politicians and mainstream media are fueling anti-Muslim hate. Attacks on Muslims are increasing and the fear is causing some women to restrict their movements. Worse, an anti-Muslim political party is launching in October. It's time for people who oppose bigotry to organise. Stand up and speak out against Islamophobia. Sign the statement at www.voicesagainstbigotry.org and ask others to do the same. Don't be a bystander. Voices Against Bigotry is a 3CR supporter. Five, four, three, two, one... You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. And you're listening to Dirt Radio this morning with John. This coming weekend, the Australian Labour Party holds its 47th National Conference at the Melbourne Convention Centre. These uh, ALP talk fests bring about 2,000 delegates from all over the country. The previous one was held in Sydney in 2011. And the Labour's, Labour Party's national conference is its highest decision-making body, locking in policies and future directions. Environmental campaigns from all around Melbourne are planning a big presence outside the convention centre this Saturday. And that includes Friends of the Earth. Cam Walker's Friends of the Earth campaign coordinator has put out a call for all of us to get down there on the day. And he's with Dirt Radio this morning to explain to us why. Hello, Cam. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning, John. And just uh, get very briefly, where, when, and why? Where, when is the uh, is the rally being held or the uh, gathering? 
So outside the convention centre, uh, the conference goes over three days. On the Friday morning, which is when all the delegates come in, uh, a number of groups, including the Environment Victoria, will be handing out leaflets with a bit of a, a platform that we'd like to see the uh, the party adopt. But the main rally is on the Saturday morning. I, I, I'll uh, have to check it, but I think it's 9.30 in the morning. It's oh. certainly in the morning. Okay. Um, and, uh, yes, we're just encouraging people to come down. I think that um, with the absolutely appalling environmental track record of the current federal government, we really need leadership like never before from the ALP. So even if people are perhaps a little bit cynical about um, the role that the ALP might take uh, on the environment, and particularly as we head towards a federal election, it's really important we put pressure on them this time. Cam, I just read in the paper this morning that uh, someone's writing that this is a make-or-break moment for the Labor movement. How does this kind of dramatic statement relate to environment issues? Well, I, perhaps it's, it's true across the board. Um, obviously, we have a really changing national political landscape. We have the rise of the micro-parties. We have uh, a, a, a balance of power in the Senate, which is, uh, makes it quite difficult for uh, business-as-usual politics to proceed because the micro-parties and the crossbenchers have power that they didn't have uh, in previous decades. We have the rise of the Greens, who have really adopted the, the mantle of a progressive political party and filling that space. So given that we have such ideologues uh, running the country through the federal coalition, I think that many people are looking to the ALP and are looking to them for leadership on progressive issues. And that cuts right across the board. That's foreign aid, that's asylum seekers uh, and treatment of refugees, but it's certainly also true of the environment. And uh, last week there was a a, a leaked document apparently to do with uh, carbon tax, a reintroduction of it. Uh, how, How do you think that'll play out? Yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, I would think that uh, it's a fairly toxic issue to put in place a carbon tax at present or attempt to. Um, we think there's just so many better ways that we can just get action now. Um, a carbon tax is probably a longer-term reform given the politics at play mm-hmm. in our country at present, but certainly a really strong renewable energy target uh, with really good uh, short-term targets and, and support to get to a, a higher, say, a 30 or 40% target within a very short time frame, that would drive action on climate, that would displace coal, and um, that would uh, create incredible numbers of jobs across regional Australia. So we think that's a logical starting point in this conversation, rather than going back to the, the tax conversation. Mm. Uh, in fact, I was reading about, uh, about the conference, and apparently uh, somebody's going to be proposing that the ALP commit to a 50% ener- uh, clean energy uh, policy by 2030, but I also read at, in the same piece that this has triggered a backlash from the union saying the target's going to cost jobs. What do you think that will happen? How does the ALP actually try and uh, create a sort of balancing act between these two things? It's always complex, and of course... The actual platform that's going to conference was agreed on months ago. There's a very long party process whereby all the affiliates put in, you know, their bid, so to speak, and that's mm. compiled by the shadow ministers of the day and kind of crunched into a single document. And then you have the, the beautiful democracy of all the resolutions that will come up from delegates on the floor, and that's, of course, where it gets interesting. Um, and there are both um, sound environmental policy coming through the uh, the actual platform, plus there'll be uh, any number 
number of resolutions coming up from the floor. And, of course, for the party that's seeking to fill the, the progressive political space, it is a tension. Um, some unions are very progressive on climate change, some uh, unfortunately not. Mm. Uh, but the way we look at it is, um, you know, the, we, coal has an end point. You know, it, burning coal in the 21st century doesn't make sense. And we're going to lose capacity no matter what. We're going to lose power stations no matter what. So, you know, we hope that when, when it really comes down to the wire that all the unions, regardless of where their members are, understand there are so many jobs in renewable energy. Mm. There are so many jobs in energy efficiency. There are so many jobs in local manufacture, if that's what we decide to do, building our trams, our trains, our buses here and so on. There's so much work in that, and we need to focus on the jobs, not just of the future, but the jobs that are being created now, rather than just over-focusing on the jobs that are at risk no matter what. And we've seen that here in Victoria, where we have a small coal-fired power station down at Anglesey. The company has just unilateral actually said we're going to shut it down in August you know so it's it's not climate change policies that have caused that it's just you know the the bottom line uh, kind of accounting of large uh, companies and the thing we need to remember of course is that here in Victoria all our stationary energy the brown coal energy is all owned offshore we're just you know one little operation amongst many whereas renewable energy can be locally owned and is going to be a much better um, uh, kind of partner and neighbour, both for people who work in the industry, but also for the people who live around that industry. That's a, that's a very interesting point that you're making about the uh, brown coal uh, being owned, mostly owned offshore. I, I think that's a that's a very real and very live issue at the moment. It is indeed, and if you look at Hepburn Wind, which is our first community-owned wind farm, they have a, a fund that they give back to the community. They're very mindful of being good neighbours, and because it's primarily local people who have invested in it, they care about their community, whereas if Hazelwood or Loy Yang is owned by offshore companies, you know, it, it's about the bottom line, it's about economics, um, it's not actually about the local community. And uh, as we know, uh, the energy market, there is a glut. Uh, many of the large brown coal producers are struggling, so, you know, they're looking for reasons to walk away. And uh, putting uh, put your crystal ball in front of you, and where do you where do you think the most winnable environment policy push will come from at the conference? I think uh, the ALP has already done some good work defending the renewable energy target. They really need to put a, a strong new target on the table. They need to make sure that we're not burning native forests um, as so-called renewables. They need to start supporting large-scale wind and solar again, which is, of course, all being cut back under the current government. The other thing we really need to do is get some strong emissions reductions targets to take to the Paris climate change negotiations in November and December. So two things we're going to come out of the ALP conference, I'd hope to it would be a, a really strong ref with really deep targets and also deep emission targets to take to the international climate negotiations. Great. Now, um, we're all looking forward to uh, what's going to be happening. So, uh, And you'll be there on Saturday as well, is that right? Or... Yes, indeed, I'll be there. Okay, well, look, we, we might check, check it out and uh, see you down there. So thanks so much for talking to us today, Cam. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye. That was Cam Walker, and he's the campaign coordinator at Friends of the Earth, and he was discussing the ALP National Conference, which is coming up this week end. And uh, we'll be back after this. 3CR, radio that's independent, progressive, and making a difference.
Want to support Tricia's diverse and independent voices? Donate to Tricia's annual Radiothon. We still need your support and it's not too late to donate. Donate now by calling 94198377 or donate online at tricia.org.au or post us a check or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Dirt Radio is where you are, and uh, we're here every Monday from 10.30 to 11. Dirt Radio, of course, is sponsored by Friends of the Earth, and you can check out all the information at their website. It's www.fo.org.au, and there's two things you can do this week, which will, uh, I guess, at least get you involved in some of the things that are going on in terms of environment and social justice. Get along to Parliament on Wednesday at 10 a.m. The unconventional gas inquiry is being held and it's on at 10 o'clock and it, there's an open gallery. Go in even for an hour, even for half an hour, just to see what's going on. There's going to be a couple of presentations and we heard from Ursula, who's the community organizer down in Gippsland. She's going to be there, and um, I think lots of people from Faux and elsewhere will be there as well. And on the weekend, the ALP National Conference, there's going to be an environment rally, and uh, that will be happening in front of the convention center. And it's on Saturday. Not sure exactly of the time, but I think you can probably check it out on Facebook or go to the Faux website. That's it for us this week and uh, we'll be back again next time 